0: morning thank you so much for joining us for our word of the day today we're gonna to be looking at Exodus chapters 11 and 12 and in these two chapters we see the clearest picture of the gospel up to this point in Scripture now we've seen some pictures of the gospel already in Genesis 3 after the fall of man God killed a lamb to cover uh, Adam and Eve their nakedness they were trying to use fig leaves and so he had to kill an innocent lamb to cover their sin and cover their shame. We see it in Genesis when Abraham is told by God to go and sacrifice his only son to God. And so we've seen some pictures of the gospel, but these two chapters give us the clearest picture. Now to remind you where we're at, uh, Israel is in Egypt at this time. They've been slaves for over 400 years. They got there by Joseph being sold into slavery, being lied about and thrown into prison and eventually coming into power in Pharaoh's house and through God's wisdom and God's guidance, he was able to save the land of Egypt and the nation of Israel during an incredible famine. And Pharaoh invites Israel to live in Egypt, gives them the land of Goshen. Several years go by, everyone uh, has died. The Pharaoh that knew Joseph has died, there's a new Pharaoh in, in, on the throne. And he is afraid of Israel because there's so many of them. So he puts them into slavery. He starts putting in plans to kill their, their firstborn uh, sons so that they don't keep uh, multiplying. But God continues to bless them. Fast forward several years, we, we meet a man named Moses. And Moses is, through uh, some incredible stories, he's adopted into Pharaoh's house, adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, raised as an Egyptian. But he knows he's a Hebrew, and he feels led by God to help the nation of Israel throw off their oppressors and be freed from the land. But he tries to take matters in his own hands, kills an Egyptian guard, has to flee to Midian. He's a shepherd for 40 years, and then God calls him to go back to Egypt. God tells him, everyone that sought to kill you, the Pharaoh that sought to kill you, is dead. So he says, go back to Egypt and lead my people out. And Moses argues with God for a while but finally he agrees he goes to Egypt he confronts Pharaoh and he tells Pharaoh God has sent me to command you to let his people go and Pharaoh refuses and nine times Moses goes before Pharaoh and nine times Pharaoh refuses and so God has sent nine plagues to the nation of Egypt to break Pharaoh's heart to free the nation of Israel now The people of Egypt are suffering through these plagues. I mean, they've had their water turned to blood. They've had locusts and fleas and flies, and they've had hail from heaven. And they've just, they've suffered incredibly during these nine plagues. But Pharaoh has refused to let Israel go. So God comes to Moses and says, Moses, I've got one more plague I'm going to put on the nation of Egypt. And this plague is going to break Pharaoh's heart. It's going to break Egypt's back and Israel will not just be set free from Egypt, they will be run out of Egypt, and they're gonna go with a lot of money and possessions, and they're gonna ruin the nation of Egypt while they go. So let's start reading in chapter 11, verse number one. And the Lord said unto Moses, yet I will bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt, afterwards he will let you go hence When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. So there's God saying, not only is Pharaoh going to let you go, he's going to basically push you out of the nation of of Egypt. He's going to chase you out. Verse 2, Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels, jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people." So God says not only are they gonna chase you out of Egypt, they're gonna let you go with all their possessions. You're gonna go with the wealth of Egypt. And it's it's interesting to see, you know, why would the Egyptians willingly give up their gold and their silver and their wealth to this nation of slaves? Well, because remember, they've been suffering through nine plagues. The people of Egypt are done. Pharaoh's heart hasn't been broken, but the people of Egypt, they understand what's going on. They understand that the God of the Israelites is put, passing judgment on them because of Pharaoh's refusal to let them go so they're eager to see them go and so they're like hey you wanna go here take all the gold take all my jewels it's kinda like back payment for their years of slavery but the people of Egypt they respect Moses they don't respect Pharaoh now they know what's going on they know what's happening they're blaming Pharaoh for all the pain they're enduring and so when the Israelites come to them and say hey we're about to leave can we have some some of your possessions they eagerly and willingly give their possessions to the nation of Israel just to get rid of them. Then look what happens in verse number 4. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight I will go out into the midst of Egypt. So Moses is talking to Pharaoh now. He is telling Pharaoh the plan that God has to kill the firstborn in Egypt. And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall it be any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast, that ye know how the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out, and all the people that follow thee and after that I will go out and he went out from pharaoh in a great anger now at first glance this this plague seems pretty hard why is god going to kill the firstborn in every house in egypt i mean the children are innocent. They hadn't done anything. He's going to kill the firstborn of every animal as well. There's a couple purposes for this. Well, you first of all remember years ago, this Pharaoh's father, he killed the children, the men children, the firstborn children of all the Israelites. And so this is kind of retribution for that. But also in ancient times, the firstborn uh, held the, the birthright. he was the He kept the family name going, and so God is cutting off the name or the lineage of the Egyptians, especially Pharaoh's. Pharaoh's firstborn son was going to be Pharaoh one day and so he is taking away their future and any future they might have but also it's punishment for their treatment of God's firstborn. The nation of Israel is God's firstborn. He loves them, he cares for them, and they are hurting them and refusing to let them go so as punishment God is going to take the firstborn of every Egyptian. Look at verse number nine. And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. This is the fourth time in the Exodus story that the Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I've often had problems with that phrase, God hardening the heart of Pharaoh. But as you study the scriptures and you study the plagues that God sent their way, God didn't harden Pharaoh's heart until the sixth plague when Pharaoh had already hardened his own heart. So God knew that Pharaoh was going to reject him, was going to reject the the call for Israel to be free. Who's going to reject accepting God uh, as the one true God. And so he is using the enemy of Israel, who he knows will never repent, will never confess that he's wrong, as a way to show his power and free the nation of Israel. But there's also mercy in this. God gave Pharaoh an opportunity to repent. Moses stands before Pharaoh and says, God's going to kill all the firstborn in the land, even your son. And Pharaoh could have said, what can I do to stop this? What can I do to avoid this punishment? But he didn't. In his arrogance and his pride, he challenged God to prove that he was God. And then we come to chapter 12. And chapter 12 gives us basically the plan of how God is going to do this. And it gives us the plan of what is now called the Passover, and this chapter here is the most beautiful picture of the gospel. Let's start reading in verse number one. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, "This month shall be unto you the beginning of months; it shall be the first month of the year to you." So God is is restarting the nation of Israel's timeline. He says, "This this month right now, this is going to be the month that." Is going to be the first month of your calendar year. Your your life begins now. Your future begins now. Look at verse number 3. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if it be a household, be too little for the lamb. Let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb your lamb shall be without blemish a male of the first year you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening and they shall take the blood and strike it on the two posts of the door upper doorpost of the house wherein they shall eat it Now, we see here a beautiful picture of of the gospel. God is telling Israel, you have to take a perfect, sinless lamb, and that lamb has to die to cover your sins. And for years after this, they would not only observe the Passover and remember this day, but they would have what is called the Day of Atonement, where each family would bring a perfect lamb to the temple. The The lamb would be... Uh, have, a, have be prayed over by the high priest and the high priest would symbolically lay the sins of the family on that sheep, on that lamb, then it would kill it and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat and that would cover the sins of Israel for a year. Now that's a picture of salvation Because later on in the New Testament, when John the Baptist sees Jesus coming to be baptized, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. See, all those lambs, the first Passover lamb, all the lambs during the Day of Atonement, they were just a shadow of what Jesus would do. They were an incomplete Savior. They couldn't take away their sins, but they could cover their sins and basically hold back the wrath of God for a year. But when Jesus came and He shed His blood on the cross and He died, He shed His blood to not just cover our sins, but to take away our sins. He died on the cross, shed His own blood willingly, a sinless, perfect sacrifice. He was buried in a tomb for three days and He rose again. And when He rose again, it proved a few things. It proved that He was who He said He was. He was God in the flesh, but it also showed that God had accepted His sacrifice as payment for our sins. Now, through the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, through His shed blood, we don't have our sins covered for a while. We have our sins removed. We are forgiven of our sins through Christ's death. The innocent sacrifice forgives us of our sins, just like in the Passover time. The innocent sacrifice. Covered them and it helped them avoid the wrath of God. And also had to be put on the doorpost. And if you put the door on the put the blood on the doorpost, it forms a cross. But there's interesting here, and it goes on later to say that after they sacrificed the lamb, they were to roast it and eat it, but they couldn't eat it until they applied the blood. We don't enjoy the benefits of our sins being forgiven until we accept the sacrifice. Of the perfect sinless lamb of God but then look at chapter 13 probably the greatest verse in these chapters it says "And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are and when i see the blood i will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when i smite the land of egypt so god tells moses says hey tell the israelites take this perfect lamb set it aside for 14 days and there's a lot there Uh, that you can get into about why the 14 days being set apart, but we don't have time for that right now. But he says, Sacrifice this lamb, apply the blood to the doorposts, and when the, the death angel comes, when the judgment of God for sin comes, he'll see the blood and pass over you. When Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood, his blood paid our sin debt completely. So when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin, He sees the blood of Jesus Christ and he will pass over judgment from us. We will no longer have to suffer for the the wrath of God for our sins. Jesus came and he took our sins and gave us his righteousness. And that's just the greatest gift we could ever receive. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for our word of the day. Hope you have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow as we continue through the study of the book of Exodus.